The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits. Powered by Protus Global. Hello, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Thank you for being with us today. Before my next guest came to the cannabis industry, he ran one of America's largest beverage alcohol distributors with a presence in virtually every market in the Western United States. Uh, the distributing top spirit brands, what we had Diageo, we had Bacardi, we had Constellation Brands, we had Jose Cuervo, some of the world's best known, most served products, and many others. He now serves as the president of the Tinley Beverage Company, which manufactures the Tinley Tonics, Tinley 27, and the Hemplify line of cannabis and hemp CBD beverages. I want you all to welcome my friend, Rick Gillis. Rick, how are you? I'm fantastic, Bird Davis. Good morning, <laughs> my old friend. I'm here in, uh, at the home of the Tinley Beverage Company's uh, manufacturing facility in Long Beach, California. So, Oh, I think that's, that's awesome. Got a lot of stainless steel behind me. You do, and we're gonna we're gonna get a chance to really talk about that. That is a magnificent facility. Inside, I, I am I'm well aware when you started this project, and uh, and it's come to fruition. And it's some really seems like every week there's some new and exciting news coming out of out of Long Beach, California, with with you guys. So I'm I'm really excited about that. You know what, Rick? I was just thinking the other day when when we you and I decided to have this chat is when did we meet and how did we how did we get acquainted and when was that? Do you remember? Goodness, it was uh, it was over twenty years ago, Vern. I know that, <laughs> but it was probably you uh, connecting with me and looking for candidates for a search you may have been on trying to place the, a high level candidate at, at one of your clients. Yeah. So it was almost 20 years ago when we first connected, then there was a gap. And then uh, I was working on placing someone that gave you as a reference to me. You remember that Saul? Remember that? I do indeed. Remember. Yeah. 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 And that, that was 11 years ago. That was about 10 or 11 years ago. Well, it was 2011, so I guess that was 10 years ago. Correct. Uh, when, when that occurred. And then since then, you and I have had this regular cadence. Every, for the last 10 years, you and I have had this regular cadence of conversation, working together, whatever. We've, 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 done, a, we've, we've done a lot together. It's been great. You, you're, you built a nice friendship. Over yeah, years. I've enjoyed our catch ups. I don't think we ever let a quarter go by without <laughs> checking in on what's happening and so on and so forth. But it, it has been early. Yes. consider you a, a dear friend? It, it was the same, man. This the same. It's 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 been crazy. And the most fun I've had with you, though, I, and I will just be totally transparent, is just uh, 
for two guys that came from two different places, we have a lot in common about how we view the world. And it's it's kind of interesting, you know. We like the same movies, um, you know. We we we, laugh we, we laugh at the same jokes, man. It's it's been it's 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 awesome that that exists, um, and 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 you know, and I'm I feel very fortunate and blessed to have friends like that, and like you, man. But what people don't know is that, and this is little on my opening and my my just introduction of you. Man, it's just that you, you, it's kind of funny. This guy, Rick Gillis, he sold Coca-Cola, right? He Pepsi. sold milk. He Pepsi. sold milk. What did you sell before Coca-Cola? Uh, Pepsi-Cola. Uh, Pepsi. So he's he's one of maybe five people who have worked at Pepsi and Coke, you know, because that's just a huge, huge battle in the, in the consuming industry. And... Um, so he, he he started out at Pepsi, went to Coke, went to milk. I did. Yeah. I'm in the dairy business. Yeah, you were in the dairy business. And then you you ended up, man, uh, uh, selling adult beverages. I mean, some of the finest wine and spirits in the world across the Western U.S. at a, at a major uh, distributor in a very interesting environment. I remember when you got into that. And we were having early conversations, man. And you were telling, man, this is different. This is this is different. <laughs> the beverage alcohol industry, I what's it called a lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, it was I, I I look back on very fond memories of my time in that space. Yeah, when you say lifestyle, what do you mean by that? Well, it that the day never ends when you're in the beverage alcohol <laughs> industry, right? I mean, it's consumed uh, all day parts, I guess. Seven yeah. days, seven twenty-four. But you know, when you're in the the distributor side of the business, you know, you've got a lot of constituents to serve. Yeah. Lots of suppliers. Uh, it's a monthly uh, kind of churn. Numbers need to be hit. Right. Uh, a lot of obviously a lot of great colleagues to support you know, uh, ownership that cares deeply about the business and the legacy. So, uh, it was, uh, it was a fun, fun time for me, for sure. No, it was, you, you spent a minute there. You did, you did a nice job, spent a minute there and, and got indoctrinated there. Um, now b before all of this went down, you had to come from somewhere. So now I know you went to the California system. You, you went to, uh, Riverside. Yes, I was yeah, out of Riverside. University of California at Riverside graduate. Yes, you are. There you go. So now, did you grow up out there or somewhere else? No, I mean, I had an interesting childhood, and this is probably mm -hmm. the most boring part of our discussion because I don't <laughs> like necessarily talking about me, but, you know, but I, I do believe- It's all, all about shaped. you, Rick. This we're is all, all about we're you. All, we're all shaped by our, our experiences growing up, you know, lot, lots of influences. But for me, I feel like I was fortunate to grow up in the, uh, the United States Air Force. My father proudly served our country for 23 years. So my entire uh, childhood was spent, you know, moving and roaming from base to base. I spent, you know, most of my childhood actually in Europe. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll turn 60 here in, uh, in less than two months. But I was, I was born in England, uh, just yeah. outside of the military base that my father was stationed at. In fact, my brother and I were both born in England. 
Yeah. And, and we basically, you know, as you do in the military, and I don't know why they called us brats. We were, it was far from that, but, but anyway, we went on a tour from England to Ohio, back to England, then to New Jersey, then to New Mexico, then to Germany. And then my father's last base was in Southern California at March Air Force Base. So I had a couple of years of high school left. Okay. High school in 79 and then went straight down the street to, uh, to UCR and finished in 1983. But my journey in the soft drink industry started, you know, as a part-timer at Pepsi-Cola Bottling Group. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I've started, uh, you know, as I did most of my jobs at the very bottom, but I, uh, I think I cut my teeth in a really good place at Pepsi, uh, you know, driving trucks, you know, doing merchandising work, uh, working in the warehouse, forklift certified, that still serves me well today in the business I'm in now. Yeah. But, you know, I end up spending close to nine years with Pepsi Bottling Group. And then, uh, and that, this might've been when you and I crossed paths, because I got recruited out of Pepsi to go to Hubline. Yeah. And I spent uh, about a year there. Uh, right. And uh, and that wasn't the, one of the most enjoyable stops in my career, but it was. Uh, Wait a minute. Time. So I was at Hubline, as you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's where we. That's that's exactly right. Now, so what? What? Where in Hubline did you enter? What? What was your deal? I was in the John G. Martin division. So I, I was the, too. The, the Smirnoff. Uh, so it was basically the vodka, Christian Brothers brandy. Yeah, uh, but I was an area manager and I was working in the chain environment and category management. And is that was uh, that was that in Rick? Was that in the uh, in Southern Cal? It was. It was in Orange. It was in Orange. Correct. And you worked as an area manager. Correct. And then I had what year was that? Goodness, I think that was 1991. That was a long time ago. You you, you know what? That's crazy. Because at that same time, uh, I, I came back in 93, okay? I came back to California in 93. I went to the East Coast. And I came back in 93, and I was a division vice president. And I had, I had an area manager's in the merchandising arena, part of my group was was that. And I had those guys reporting into me. And uh and then you had uh what did you have? So you had did you have Klein down there? Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. No, it was uh it that's was, crazy. Because then yeah. fast forward some twenty five years. Yeah, I ended up crossing paths with some of these folks that I worked with uh, back in in that very short experience at Hubline. But then I then I jumped into the coupon industry and worked uh, a little over a year for Catalina Marketing. Okay, so I, I was a key account guy handling all the any CPG co- company that was based in the Southwest. So I spent okay. a lot of time at the Dial Soap Company in Phoenix and mm-hmm. worked with a number of different companies on selling them the you know the the more expensive coupons because you know the system sat on the scanning loop so you could yeah. find your your consumer through a upc code but that and then i got recruited to go join uh, coca-cola enterprises and that's when uh, my wife and i had been married about a year of course we'll hit 29 years uh, congratulations here thank you that's that's not an easy feat no no and then, <laughs> uh, we ended up moving to the bay area so uh, i ended up uh, being an area manager for for coke uh, covering the South Bay. And it was only a few years later, I got promoted to be the division GM 
for that that division. It was about a five hundred million dollar business, and mm-hmm. so I stayed in the Bay Area for about eight years, and then got uh, transferred to Texas to run a a larger part of the country. So I ended up spending another eight years with Coke in the state of Texas. I ultimately ran a business unit. Uh, there was a big consolidation that happened. That was a great experience for me working on a design team with McKinsey to kind of reshape the uh, the go-to-market structure for a very large distributor that was about $37 billion in wow. uh, revenue. But I ended up uh, running one of the uh, six business units and uh, called the Southwest uh, BU. So uh, that that was the last call, call it two, three years of my career at CCE. And then, and then a, it was interesting because the next Pepsi guy uh, was running the largest business unit at Dean Foods. And, and he recruited me to come join the dairy industry. And I did yeah. that at the beginning of 2009. And that ultimately led to a relocation to Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, yeah. And I ran the Southeast. So I had 10 states for Dean Foods, about, goodness, 18 dairy processing plants, four ice cream plants. So I learned a lot about the dairy industry. That that was about a three-year experience. Dean fell on hard times. In fact, I, probably a little over a year ago, they ended up uh, filing uh, bankruptcy bankruptcy. But, right. uh, but beyond that, I ended up, you know, m- moving to a French uh, dairy company, commuting I saw that. Yeah. for a yeah. couple of years and oversaw the the retail dairy business for Lactalis, uh, which was a really fun experience working for uh, an entirely different culture, uh, a French-owned company. I spent a lot of time in Europe and Italy and France. Uh, it was, it was fascinating. And, and then, uh, you know, a couple of years Doing that, I ended up getting uh, recruited by Young's Market Company, and that—that's what ultimately brought me back to the West Coast. And that was at the beginning of 2014. So yeah, close that, to five years, I was in the BevAlk space, and then uh, you were you you. And then you, all of a sudden, now I'm in the cannabis industry. Exactly. Never what I have thought. If you'd asked me 20 years ago, would I be selling cannabis drinks? I probably would have said no way in hell. But <laughs> Rick, this has been great. I mean, it's it's um. Had an amazing time visiting with you, and and uh, you guys have an amazing story at Tinley. So uh, tell people how they can take a peek at Tinley, or there's anything on social media you want to mention or anything. Well, I mean, uh, we've got uh, just go to drinktinley.com, go to drinkbeckets.com. There you go. A lot of stuff on our website where you can see videos, you can learn more about the company, but. You know, three powerful legs to the business model. Obviously, our own beverages we're excited about. You know, we will stay in this narrow lane of alcohol-inspired beverages. We'll continue to expand our own portfolio. But, you know, the real big unlock is the fact that we're going to play a huge role in, in building the category through this high-quality yeah. The cannabis drink category is coming through Long Beach, California. That's the mission. Oh, big time. This yeah. is the destination for contract manufacturing. We're going to do it with a, an absolutely unrelenting, unwavering commitment to quality. We want people to enjoy our beverages and everything else we produce here in a super high quality way uh, and win that trust with consumers and that they get to see what it's like to enjoy a cannabis infused beverage high <laughs> versus a smokable or an edible. But we're excited about what we're doing. We're gonna help build this category, which as you look at Canada now with all the beverage manufacturing infrastructure there, thanks to the country being adult rec legal. Uh, cannabis drinks are now getting very close to 10% of the uh, of the whole industry. You know, in California, we're hovering at around 3% right now. But as I 
look to the future in probably the next two, three years, you know, cannabis infused beverages in this sixth largest economy in the world. I mean, if, if we're at 10%, you're talking about a $500 million beverage business. And, you know, we intend to be manufacturing a good bit of that. So uh, that is, well, and then who knows what happens with Beckett's? I think we've got a nice bridge and there's a, you know, it's got some cool can of cachet to the, to the brand. If you look at the, uh, the labeling, but you know, we're excited about that. And we think we're onto something, but you, you know, are at the end of the day, I've, I've never had more fun uh, building something from the ground up and, you know, come see me one of these days here at Log Beach. I'll give you the- uh, Well, you know, call. I'm coming. As soon as we get through this COVID thing, I'll, I'll be out yeah. there. <laughs> and uh, I, I can't wait to take the tour with you. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. I'm here today with Stephen Jung, and Stephen is the Chief Operating Officer, COO of Weed Maps. Veterans Day is also uh, my youngest birthday, so so he doesn't get the day by himself. (laughs) (laughs) That works out real well for him. (laughs) It's got to share it with millions, man, millions of people. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, that's great. Um, well, hey, look, thanks for being here. Uh, really, uh, Stephen is the Chief Operating Officer, COO of Weed Maps, and um, uh, really uh, happy that you're here. I, I really want to spend a little time, Stephen, just kind of getting to know you. I think that would be amazing to get to know you. You have a very interesting background. So, hey, what part of this, this world or this country did you grow up in, man? <clears throat> I grew up in California, California, okay. my home state. Okay. Uh, I'm a native Angelino uh, here okay. in Los Angeles, where I currently live again. Okay. And, uh, but you know, my family and I were, were originally immigrants, actually. And so um, I was born in, in Europe uh, and uh-huh. we emigrated to the U.S. when I was young. Okay. And, you know, along the way, had all the normal challenges that uh, I think families that moved to this country over time might face and some financial hardships, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think through it all, you know, my, my folks, they persevered, they worked really hard, managed to make a go of it. And, um, you know, ultimately for me, the opportunities that I was afforded over time, I realized I was grateful for those things. And, sure. and I think that that gratefulness made me patriotic in ways. And that ultimately is what drove me to choose to go into the military. Wow. You know, I, I really wanted to go there and I, I'm so glad you went there because I wanted to see how did West Point now as Stephen went to West Point and uh, he's a captain. So, Stephen, so so tell me, how did West Point go get into the picture? I mean, you, you I'm sure you had choices uh, and you chose to serve and get educated at the same time. How did that come about? Yeah, it's, um, you know, at the time, I, I, I was lucky enough to have some choices. <clears throat> and as I was going through the brochures, I just remember at the time, 
<laughs> looking at all the different school brochures and trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. Yeah. And, you know, um, when I, when I got to West Point, there was just something about it that spoke to me. Okay. And, and again, I think as I thought about what that was, um, you know, I, I realized that it was this question of, I am grateful for the things that we have. I feel like it has to do with this country, right. And what it represents yeah. and the opportunity that it represents for, for folks and, and families like mine. And as a part of that, I realized this could be a great way to go to a great school, get an education for sure, but at the same mm-hmm. time also give something back. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I decided to do that. Now, the funny part of that story, of course, is as I was looking at all these brochures, I just remember all the brochures back then, they were really basic, you know, like recycled paper stock, black and white, nothing fancy yeah. whatsoever. And there was this one brochure that came in that was full color, you know, really high quality paper. And that was West Point's. <laughs> at, the, at the time, I didn't ask myself the basic question, which is, why do they have to invest so much into this marketing material? <laughs> but, but, you know, I think, I think the reality of it was, um, it was, there's so much history there. Yes. And, and again, I think I, I really did want to be a part of something um, like that. And, and it did mean a lot to me. And as I mentioned, it spoke to me. And so I decided to, to go that route. Um, you know, I knew that it was going to be a commitment and the idea of going and getting an education and then after that serving uh, as an right. officer in the United States Army was something that, that uh, really spoke to me. No, that's, that's great. And, and uh, it spoke to you. And I would imagine you were shaped by a young kid seeing um, his parents persevere and and hit a hardship and bounce up, right? Hit, I, hit a hardship and bounce up and just keep. And I'm sure you guys, and I don't know this, but tell us, did you guys talk about that this is the country where these things can happen? where your dreams can come true. And it's, 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 it's a place we want to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, <clears throat> it's fascinating and, and I certainly respect mm-hmm. my folks. I have, I have very deep, profound respect for my folks because they did exactly what you described, right? They, yeah. they met challenges, they were knocked down, they came back up again. Right. And, and you watch that. And I think it, it impresses upon you this concept of maybe that's who I should be too. How should I go about my life and, and yeah. try to try to emulate that? Um, and, you know, I think, uh, I, I don't know how my folks would feel about sharing these kinds of stories, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, um, you know, there's a time when <clears throat> we, uh, we had lost everything mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it was an unfortunate situation that had to do with family as mm-hmm. sometimes family goes, uh, yeah. you know, and, and so we lost everything as a function of, of some, unfortunate dealing with a, a relative mm-hmm. and um, you know, my folks uh, obviously at that moment in time, you have a pivotal choice. Do you lay down or do you stand up? And you know, my folks, um, we moved into the projects and mm-hmm. my folks got a loan from a loan shark, bought a steam cleaner mm-hmm. and then started going door to door offering to steam clean people's homes just so they could make ends meet. And, you know, as a part of that, again, my sister and I, we grew up, and, and I think, again, we, we saw that example. We decided mm-hmm. to follow that example. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, over time, my folks, they were able to make their own way in the world. They got back to getting jobs. Now, you know, the, in, in Europe, in Germany, where we were previously, they already had degrees. They were already certified mm-hmm. in <clears throat> professional skilled work. Um, but unfortunately, at the time, coming from one country to the other, those things don't transfer. 
Immigrant so, story, immigrant yeah. story, man. Yeah. So, so they had to start all over again. And, uh, but then they managed to find their way, get a foothold, you know, find new jobs, find new careers, develop that. And, uh, you know, they're, they're retired now, happy and comfortable. Oh, that's and, great. Um, you know, and so it's, it's really amazing. And like you said, it is, it is something that I still very much believe is possible here in this country. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that, um, that America is so great. No, it, I, I, I totally, uh, totally agree. And, and I not only agree, man, I've had some of those experiences too with my parents and, 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 and me personally. And, uh, so, um, it's always good to wake up knowing that you can take the next step. You just got to fight for it. Yep. Um, and, and that, that is, uh, that is something that, that is a uh, very special man. So West Point, how did that prepare you for the rest of where you are today? How, what did you get out of that? To, to you know, we're here talking about you. You've done a lot of things, but today you're the Weed Map COO, right? <clears throat> yeah, West Point was uh, incredibly formative, you know. And I think at the time, right, your first year there, your freshman year, you're really just focused on trying to make it. Uh, you're just trying to survive. Um, and and I think that once you get through that you, a lot of, a lot of cadets, a lot of students there, um, end up getting to this moment where you have to ask yourself the question, why am I here? Right. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because realistically speaking, uh, you know, I remember when I got my first computer, uh, <laughs> there at West Point, I plugged it in, I turned on the internet and, and, uh, you know, at the time it was Netscape. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I turned that on. Uh, and the first website that I went to was, uh, www.ucla.edu. And I just, I saw all these pictures of people. Why do they look so happy? Everyone everyone looks like they're having such a good time. Damn, I'm I'm struggling here, man. Why? I could be in sunny California. California. I could be home. I could be home, man. Yeah, yeah, you know. And so many of my friends had gone on to to UCLA, and they're just having a good old time. And so, you know, you get to that moment where you ask that question: Why am I here? What am I doing? Right? Because I have choices. I could have gone somewhere else. I could be in Southern California, like you were saying. And and I think you you get to a place where you you find your answer. And for me, that answer was, I want to do something that's bigger than just me. And yeah. I want to be a part of that. And, and once I understood that, and once I also understood that that was a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, I definitely thought about quitting. And, and I think, you know, I'd be lying if I said, oh, I breezed right through it. Everything was fine. I was always in a good mood. Um, but the thing is, I, I got to that moment and I realized, well, I have a choice. I mean, I can't quit right now. So the question is, do I want to? Yeah. Right? And, and I chose not to, and I decided to stick through it. And, and once I had that moment, then everything did become easy because then it was just a mo- matter of saying, okay, well, you know, here's the next challenge. Let's get through it. And then let's keep going. So I think, I think that was definitely a critical stage or a critical moment of development for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that did shape me in many ways. No, no doubt. And, and that's that you, you came to grips with why. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that. That sounds like what happened. You came to grips. And again, thank you for your service to us, Stephen, uh, and the armed, armed forces, and really appreciate uh, you celebrating part of your day today with us and with me. Uh, really appreciate that. And um, I want you to come back uh, anytime that there's something that's happening at Weed Maps or uh, cannabis to veterans that you want to talk about, man, this is a platform for you can, we can have that discussion because that's an ongoing discussion and it's a mission. And um, I'm real excited about what you guys are doing at WeBounce to be involved in it. So, hey, thank you all for joining us. 
uh, here at Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, your host, and I uh, really had a great time with Stephen Jung today. He's the Chief Operating Officer of Weed Maps. And you can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or anywhere you subscribe or you get your podcast play, man. Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're even now on Amazon Music and you can find us. And you can also take a look at Protus Global People Solutions. Protus Global is on all the social network platforms, right? LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, Twitter, all of those. Finally, learn more about how we are uh, building companies and how we're changing people's lives at Protus Global. And Protus Global is P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, protusglobal.com. And until next time, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.